Richmond Spiders Athletics all year round. W291CL Lakeside Richmond. WURVHD2 Richmond. We are 1061 ESPN. This is SportsCenter. I'm Christine Lisi. Warriors forward Draymond Green's awaiting results of an NBA League office review for the possibility of another suspension. Last night, he was ejected for a flagrant two foul after hitting Sun Center Yusuf Nurkic in the head. Third ejection of the season happening a month after Green was suspended five games for putting Timberwolves center Rudy Gobert in a headlock. ESPN NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins. Who is the person that is going to call or pull Draymond to the side and say, hey, bro, you tripping. That he actually respect. I don't believe it's Steve Kerr. Not saying he don't respect Steve Kerr. I don't think it's Steph Curry. For the simple fact he's not a vocal type of guy. But Rich Paul, LeBron, Draymond look up to you guys. Might want to tell him what he needs to hear right now. Getting ready for Kansas City. That was Patriots coach Bill Belichick's response to questions regarding his future following a report out of Boston that he and the team will split after this season. The Patriots host the Chiefs on Sunday. Two-way superstar Shohei Otani, the newest Dodger, will be introduced by the team at a press conference tomorrow. He agreed, of course, to that 10-year, $700 million contract last weekend. Hey, it's Michelle Smallman. Coming up Thursday, I'll tell you why Kevin Stefanski is the coach of the year, and it's not even close. It's Unsportsmanlike, 6 a.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and ESPNU. Live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Two primary topics on the Sports Huddle in the 4 o'clock hour that we will carry over into the 5 o'clock hour if you're just joining us, if you're finish up, finishing up at work and getting in the car. The two primary topics, the NCAA losing its ability um, to force athletes to sit out a year if they're transferring for the second time. There was a district judge in West Virginia um, who put a temporary restraining order on that, at least for the next 14 days. We'll see what the NCAA does about it. I'm going to get back to that one in just a moment. It does mean that all those players who are waiting right now to play immediately theoretically can play beginning tonight i guess at least for the next 14 days until we see what happens beyond that and i want to get back that i got a text on that i want to get to as well because i'm not a big fan of it i think there needs to be some balance here between the movement freedom of movement for the players and also some stability in in college athletics uh and then the other topic was the move of the caps and the wizards potentially to northern virginia to alexandria we had dave preston from wtop radio up there in dc and kind of gave us a little bit of the lay of the land and what's happening ted leonsis uh the owner of monumental sports that is monumental sports network by the way that used to be uh nbc sports washington that you watch all the capitals and wizards games on he'd move that whole operation uh to virginia as well we have some connection with that i do because a lot of richmond games are on monumental as one of our regional sports networks and we've had a great relationship with them so that that part's kind of exciting to, to be honest with you and bringing pro sports teams to virginia i, I major league sports teams to virginia i think 
think is very exciting as well, as long as it doesn't hurt what we're doing here in Henrico. That was my big concern this afternoon, and I think I got I got talked in off the ledge from that one. Everything's moving forward with our arena, our 17,000-seat arena, and, yeah, they'll have some competition now, um, but there's plenty of entertainment acts and concerts out there that you could fill both of those buildings. I think they will be fighting a little bit for things like college basketball tournaments, be it the ACC or the Atlantic 10 and regional NCAA tournaments for the men and the women. The one advantage I do think they have in Henrico County is they don't have a professional major league hockey and basketball team uh, that they'd have to work around. Two tenants that will occupy that building right at the time when the NCAA basketball tournaments are ongoing. So they they might have a little better flexibility down here in Henrico. I hope so, because I hope we bring those events here um, for sure. So those were the two kind of prevailing topics of the day. I want to mention one thing. It's more of a programming thing as we get started here in the five o'clock hour and then we'll get to the text line and phone lines if you'd like 804-327-0888 uh, we've been talking a lot about the virginia schools that are in bowl games and in past years our programming has done a great job of bringing you as many bowl games as we possibly can and a lot of them are played midweek in the afternoon some are played in the evening and we've had to juggle some schedules and the people who've been involved with that have always done a great job of that and it is continuing this year our new guy alan sandage has done a tremendous job and was telling both matt joseph and i today and i assume he mentioned it to al uh, this morning in, in producing that show as well uh, he's lined up like 19 bowl games that we're going to bring your way over the holidays in the month of December. And this is a good thing for all of us, right? I, I love having the games on the radio. I assume you guys and gals do as well. If you're driving around doing Christmas shopping, whatever, you can tune into a bowl game, maybe not one of great interest to you, uh, for 10 or 15 minutes and kind of get you know a taste of, of one of the many bowl games that are out there. The one thing that Alan made sure to do, and he's pulled it off and it's tremendous, is the games involving all four of our state teams are going to be on our airwaves, that we will have national coverage. Obviously, they all have their own radio networks, and they all do a great job with it for sure, and we've had those play-by-play and analyst voices on our airwaves. Um, But through all the various national networks, we were able to cobble together, we, I mean Alan, uh, to make sure that all four of those teams are on our airways let me run that down for you for just a moment and then we'll move on next monday because it does impact both matt and me next week next monday the 18th old dominion in the famous toastery bowl down in charlotte against western kentucky at 2 30 monday afternoon so no border to border no sports huddle on monday because we'll have the old dominion game uh james madison and we're talking with phoenix sproles their wide receiver at the bottom of the hour in the armed forces bowl that's on saturday december 23rd no spider basketball that day they're on a little bit of a holiday break we got that game for you at 3 30 from down there in fort worth texas wednesday the 27th virginia tech scheme against Tulane is 2 o'clock in the afternoon. That's the Military Bowl in Annapolis and then Liberty in the New Year's Day Bowl uh, out there in the Fiesta Bowl in Glendale. That's a 1 o'clock game, I believe, 1 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, We'll have that game for you on New Year's Day. And we're taking a week off anyway for afternoon local programming, which we do every year anyhow, to kind of recharge the battery between Christmas and New Year and then come back after after the New Year. So this fits in perfectly, and you're going to hear 19 different bowl games on 106.1 ESPN, highlighted by our four state schools, Old Dominion on Monday, James Madison on the 23rd, Virginia Tech on the 27th, and Liberty 
on January 1st. Way to go, Alan. Way to get all those bowl games on the air for us. We hope you will enjoy them. Uh, to the phones we go. 804-327-0888. Good evening, Bruce. How are you? Hey, good evening, Bob uh, and Sweet Lou. Bob, I will tell you, and, and this is my independent opinion, but I'm going to tell you something that I was hoping you and your 430 guests were going to talk about. The General Service Administration, GSA. GSA, you guys may think, Bruce, what does that have to do with the move in D.C.? Last month, Virginia lost the bid for the FBI office to come to Alexandria, Northern Virginia. And it's interesting to hear some of the – I was up in Northern Virginia today – and it's interesting to hear this conversation going on with this move. Without question, the discussion between Monumental and Capital One and the governor of Virginia and the Commonwealth of Virginia was long had. But there is a sense that there is a tie to losing the FBI bid to Maryland and moving the wizard to Virginia. Hmm. hmm. From and the I Virginia legislators, from the governor and the Virginia legislatures, is that is that the angle there? That's the angle. I think yeah. it's an interesting it's yeah. an interesting correlation that Virginia loses the FBI bid. They say even though Capital One is corporate in West Creek, you don't lose that sponsor, and it you know hey let's move, see if we can move both the Capitals as well as the Wizards to Virginia. Now, this was a long-haired conversation, but there is a sense there that, you know, Virginia sort of got in their feelings. And, Bob, the conversation was had at the Washington, D.C. Council meeting last evening about these renovations, this half million dollars in renovations to Capital One Center. You know, people are asking or posing that question in D.C. Why haven't we had these conversations with monumental sports? I mean, they've had cursory conversations, but they've not taken action for these. You know, Leonis has been complaining for a while that he's not comfortable in his lease arrangement. And and what business owner, billionaire, is not going to make those complaints? Mm -hmm. Yep. But, you know, it's it's a real interesting the politics behind this is just messy at best and hmm. and, and, and and you're hearing some of that i i love the explanation me working in northern virginia for 14 years i love the explanation of traveling on the metro and the metro just went through a complete uh, renovation but I, I think access will not be a difficulty difficult thing because virginia will spend money and dot will spend money to get this done i agree uh that that area will change Mm -hmm. but the question that still remains that alexandria area up near reagan national that's a busy area guy Mm -hmm. you have a you know pentagon and you have all of these crystal city you have all of these places up there uh Going to Wizards game in Chinatown is congested as well. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to really plop down now in a congested area. 
I think that's the case in most large cities in this day and age, though, Bruce, that, that they all have to deal with as they build new facilities. And you don't want them too far out as an outlier because then nobody can get to them. So, you know, you got to give a little to, to get a little. Hey, i got, I got to run, but my next segment, uh, and Lewis, Sweet Lou is chomping at the bit here, so give me 30 seconds on what should happen to Draymond Green after last night because Lewis is dying to, to chime in on this, and I'm going to hold him off until after the 5.15 break. But while I got you on the air, you give us your thought. 15 games at a minimum. Uh, I think Stephen Curry, Coach Kerr, has to, they will both have to do something to assist Draymond because this just doesn't look good for the association, nor does it look good for Warriors Nation. So 15 games at a minimum. Thank All right, you. Bruce. Thanks. There you go. Remember that, Sweet Lou. You're coming up next after the break. I know you've got some opinions on uh, Draymond and what he did last night and what the penalty should be uh, coming up. So that's part of what's coming up in the 515 segment. Here's the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say. Who the heck is Paul Harvey? You guys should know who Paul Harvey is. But anyway, here's the rest of the story of what's coming up on today's Sports Huddle. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Brought to you by James River Air. If you're not happy with your heating and cooling system, give James River Air a call or check them out online and you can get a free in-home consultation. Online, that's jamesriverair.com. After the break, we will talk about the latest incident involving Draymond Green getting ejected again last night for that hit uh, in the game against the Phoenix Suns. And we're still awaiting what the suspension could or will be. For him, it would be, what, his third. Um, it was his third ejection of the season, and now he could be about to get another um, suspension. So we'll talk about that on the other side of the break as well. want to finish up on our conversation about the uh, district judge who has uh, overturned the NCAA's guidelines regarding transfers and allowing transfers to go ahead and play immediately, even if it's their second or third transfer. We'll get back into that as well. And then some real sports conversation, football conversation at the bottom of the hour. Phoenix Sproles is going to join us, uh, wide receiver for the James Madison Dukes, as they get ready for that Armed Forces Bowl. A lot been going on up there in Harrisonburg as well with the change, not only the head coach, but the virtually the entire coaching staff. Um, that's been decimated for the Dukes as they prep to play Air Force in that Armed Forces Bowls. Uh, so Phoenix Sproles played uh, his undergraduate career at North Dakota State, is um, is going to be our guest coming up at 530. 804-327-0888. Uh, let's try and stay right on time. Let's get the break here at a quarter after five. We'll talk some Draymond Green on the other side of the timeout. 1061 ESPN. Sports Huddle. Let's get into another controversial topic. Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors got ejected last night uh, after he kind of took a swing and hit, actually, Yusef Nurkic uh, in the head. Uh, It actually did, and Lewis, you you chime in here. I just watched it again during the commercial break. It actually looked like Green was getting fouled on the play, and as he said afterward, he was trying to sell the foul that he never got. And then the contact was made, and now he got ejected for that as a flagrant two foul. Uh, third time this year he's been ejected. We're waiting on the suspension. Lewis, Sweet Lou, you heard Bruce a moment ago said at least 15-game suspension. Well, what's your take on this? Bob, man, I think uh, 
you know, I'm very disappointed in that. And, in fact, I think Draymond Green needs to be suspended for the rest of the season. Um, this is his third major incident where he's violently put his hand on the player. It's not good for the NBA. Um, and it's very unprofessional. Uh, I think a major reason for him doing all of this stuff is is because he's not getting the recognition or the same shine that uh, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson is getting. And um, and I say that because I don't know if you remember whenever him and Jordan Poole had, had got into it. Mm-hmm. The whole reason they got into it was because Jordan Poole made some comments about how unworthy he was or about how much of a star he wasn't. And he took it out on him. He also went at it with Kevin Durant, too, and – you know, I think he's just attention seeking and um he needs to he needs to be suspended the rest of the season, man. Like that was unnecessary, that was uncalled for. And yeah, man, like the NBA has to do something about it. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt they will do something, at least in the fifteen to twenty game range, and you're coming down even harder. And th- this has been a tough year, right? Already, uh, for the Warriors. They're under five hundred, they're not performing well, and now they've got this distraction. And if that's the case, if what you say has some merit to it, and I, I think it really could, you know, about the jealousies maybe in the locker room, uh, this could be a long year for Golden State, couldn't it? Absolutely, man. Uh yeah, man, that's that's very unfortunate, man. And uh Players shouldn't have to be going through that stuff on the court, man. This isn't hockey. No, it's not. Although it looked like it last night. You're you're exactly right. Uh, let's find out what someone else has to think about that. One of our listeners and callers. Let's go to the phones. Roger, thanks for calling the Sports Huddle this afternoon. Hello. Hello. I believe the, the NBA should suspend Raymond Green for 50 games. He has not learned his lesson. Those little ticky-tack. Um, fines and four or five game suspension is not working. And he, they, the NBA is going to wait till Draymond does something very serious. Huh? Yeah, no, keep going, Roger. You're good. Oh, oh okay. I said the NBA is going to wait till somebody gets seriously hurt. Then that's when they're going to uh, do something harsh. But I'm going to go back. I'm going to turn back the hands of Tom. You remember when Kermit Washington punched Rudy Tom Janovich? Absolutely. Right. And how many games? I believe he got 26 games, and I believe that was back in 1977. Was that the rest of the season that he got suspended for? I can't remember. I'm I'm not sure. I don't know how late in the season it was. But, you know, um, you you have to do some. Draymond is just out of control. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I was very surprised that Golden State even resigned him, to be honest with you. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're basically saying what our guy Sweet Lou here is saying, because 50 games, they've played, what, 20, 23 games right now? So uh-huh. 50 would get them over 70. That would be almost the rest of the season is basically what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, look, Draymond said, look, I'm a millionaire. I can do whatever I want. You know, these little four or five games, so what? If you really hit them and make an example out of them, that's the only way he's going to learn. We hope at this point. I'm not sure even now he's going to learn, but you do need to punish. There's no doubt in that case. Uh, And certainly from the Phoenix Suns' perspective, that needs to happen as well. They almost lost a guy for a long time there. Exactly. Yep. All right. Good stuff, Roger. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Keep calling. Uh, let me get one more in here before we got to get to the bottom of the hour, and we got Phoenix Sproles from uh, James Madison, wide receiver for the Dukes, coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Chris, you're on the Sports Huddle, 1061 ESPN. Thanks for calling, hey, Bob, Chris. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing well. Just going to chime in on, on the Draymond saga. Uh, I think the guy's a, a complete slug. 
to be honest with you. You know, he's he's been he's not the whole his montage of being a not he's NBA tough guys and working, you know, all of his flagrant fouls are way below the belt, whether they're choke holding, hitting somebody beneath the belt. Now this, I mean, it was a complete perfect 360 of a swing. He knew what he was doing. And in the post-press conference, you know, his, his apology didn't look, you know, sincere at all. Um, you know, the NBA does need some physicality back in the game. It's not what it used to be, but his, his is just wildness and his it's uncalled for, and, and, and in fact, Golden State ought to release him. You know, they broke up. They got lost a lot of good young players to resign him. Um, you know, he was never a great shooter. His physical attributes were are declining. He's older, and I think this is just attention seeking at its finest. But they ought to get rid of him. I, I wonder if that is in their mindset. I think that's a great point, Chris, that maybe the, the the Warriors just wash their hands and say, we're we're done with this. Whatever the suspension is going to be, that's fine, but we're done with them anyway, I, addition by subtraction. I, I'd be fascinated to see if the, if the Warriors do something like that, Chris. Definitely definitely the option on the table. I mean, like I said, they've, they've got, a lot of, got rid of a lot of young talent to bring him back. He was the proclaimed third piece to – what seems to be an end in dynasty, and I think you can kind of see it on his teammates around him. I think Steph is probably tired of him. Um, mm-hmm. He just won't say it, but Kerr has come out publicly and tried to defend him as no longer defending him. I think it's just time to cut ties, and you know, we'll see if he gets the old Terrell Owens treatment from here on. So the Warriors doing something aside, what would your suspension be here for him? Side? I mean, I, I mean, no, the suspension. Uh, what, whatever the Warriors do, the Warriors will do. If you were the commissioner, if you were the NBA, what would you be handing down? I mean, I, what are, I, mean I would probably say 15, 20 games suspension. I mean, look, John Moran got 25 for the same gun mistake. He promised Silver he wouldn't do. So I can't see a, a full season suspension. But it should be 15 games, a monetary penalty, and then you know, you know, up to the Warriors whether they want to keep it. All right, very good. All right, Commissioner Chris has spoken. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate your perspective. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for calling. And just a polite reminder, to uh, we, this is like from the old days of radio. Make sure if you're in the car and you're calling us, turn that radio down because we are a little bit delayed, as I think you could hear in our conversation with Chris. So just a friendly reminder there. When we get you on the air, turn your radio down. Uh, that's from the old days of, of talk radio. I think a lot of people in this day and age are on their phones and on their computers and that sort of thing. But remember to turn that turn that radio down a little bit. So there you go, Lewis. I think um, the the majority here thinks that I think Chris was a little – I was surprised that he went as light as he did. I would have gone 25 at a minimum, and it seems like between you and when Roger called and said 50, you guys are looking for something even more substantial, aren't you? Absolutely, man. Uh, something has to be done about that. But, yep. Bob, later on, whenever you get a chance, look at this Mike Epps stand-up. He, he talks about how, uh, how, how the Warriors use Draymond Green as a pit bull – and how anytime Draymond Green goes out on the court, you you know something's about to happen. Yeah, and he's he's the enforcer. <laughs> yeah. But. Wow. Yeah, I'll take a look at that for sure. All right, good stuff there. We'll we'll wait on that. I don't know if that's coming down today or tonight or maybe tomorrow. It'll give us something to talk about on the other side of uh, of the suspension and whatever it may be from the NBA. And as Chris said, what the Warriors might do. 
in in this situation? Could they potentially cut ties with with Draymond Green? I mean, they're not going very well with him. They might want to try it try it without him. All right, one team that's going great right now is James Madison Dukes in virtually every sport, but we'll focus it on football. They're preparing for the Armed Forces Bowl against Air Force, an Air Force team, by the way, that's reeling, has lost four in a row and is only eight and four. This is a great opportunity for JMU to get a bowl win in its first ever uh, bowl game. And one of the guys that uh, has been responsible for part of this good year is Phoenix Sproles, uh, sixth year player spent five at north dakota state won three fcs national championships one of them came against jmu and now he's playing his last year of eligibility with the dukes and he's got an opportunity to go to a bowl game with jmu he's going to join us on the other side of the break a conversation we recorded earlier this afternoon because they're literally on the practice field as we speak right now so uh, i thought it was a pretty entertaining conversation well-spoken young man i think you're going to enjoy finding out more about phoenix himself and about where jmu football is right now as they get set for their first ever bowl game phoenix sproles jmu duke wide receiver next on the sports huddle the dallas cowboys all season is 1061 espn brought to you by arthur's electric and park and go Welcome back. Bob Black back with you. Sports Huddle continues this afternoon. We are loving bowl season and the fact that we've got four teams in the Commonwealth of Virginia that are heading to bowl games. That gives us plenty to talk about. This segment, we're going to zero in and focus in on the James Madison Dukes and their Armed Forces Bowl game coming up against Air Force a week from Saturday down there in Fort Worth, Texas. Time to talk with wide receiver Phoenix Sproles of the JMU Dukes who joins us this afternoon. Phoenix, thanks for spending some time with us. Uh, how are you? How are the how are the prep going for uh, for the Armed Forces Bowl? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, man, things are going good. Had some good practices. Have another um, practice today and two more throughout this week, and then obviously another practice practice week next weekend. Things are looking good for us. Well, I know they've been good practices, but I assume they've been different practices. Let's mm-hmm. start there. What has this transition been like with Coach Signetti leaving and several of his assistant coaches going with him? Coach Chesney coming in. I know he's at practice, but not having a heavy hand, I don't think, in what you're doing. I know you won't play for him because this is your last year of eligibility. What has that whole transition for your football team been like? Yeah, I mean, it has been uh... – has been a little crazy, a little different. Um, obviously, um, Coach Cignetti left, and he took a large amount of you know the the staff with him. Um, me personally, obviously, uh, the offensive coordinator, Coach Shanahan, left, and obviously the receivers coach as well, and then Coach Tina, the quarterback coach. Um, so we lost obviously our, our offensive uh, coordinator, which obviously calls the plays. So that's, that's something you want to, you definitely need for a game. So um, the good thing is Coach Robo, um, our offensive line coach, that became our head coach has been doing a tremendous job of getting us ready, bringing alongside his friends and coaches that, he, that, that he's coached for and coached with um, to our team. They came to JMU, and they're helping us out. Uh, so we have a lot of support staff here. Um, our GAs, pretty much every coach that left, um, the GA of that coach has stepped up. So our receivers, our receiver GA, Coach Reed, um, he's basically our receivers coach now. Um, he's doing a tremendous job. And the other GAs on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, all doing good jobs too so uh, man we're getting through it uh you know you got to handle adversity 
and um, this is our adversity, and we're, we're powering through it. It's really an incredible story, and I think the nation is going to learn about that story when you get to the bowl game down there in Fort Worth that you've just described to us about how you guys are prepping. How much does it help that you're a pretty veteran bunch on the on the offensive side, particularly, obviously, uh, your five years at North Dakota State and, and three championships mm-hmm. there, one of them coming against JMU. I'll get into that in a moment. <laughs> but, you know, just the fact that you have a lot of veteran guys that, you know, hopefully can prep the right way for this game, right? Exactly. Um, it's crazy because I've been through this transition before. Um, I came in 2018 in North Dakota State with Coach Kleiman, who's now the head coach at Kansas State. Um, he took the Kansas State job after my first year, and Coach Entz became the head coach after that. Um, so I saw, I've seen what it's like to have, you know, obviously we had a coach that was already previously on the staff with Coach Kleiman become our head coach, so it wasn't too much change, but um, even just that, um, probably preparing for this right here and um, just being being there for these young guys that, you know, had some doubts and some uncertainty because um, obviously they came in for certain coaches and um, those coaches are no longer here. So they're obviously were a little scared, um, just kind of just confused or, or thinking about what's next for them. And, and, you know, my job and the older guys' job is just to hold everything together and um, just let them know, like, you, like, you can control, you only control what you, what you control, uh, control the controllables. And uh, that's something we talk a, a lot about here at JMU. And um, shoot, I was being like you said, just being an older guy. Um, you know, things change. <laughs> change is going to happen, uh, regardless. At some point, you just got to be ready for it. And you got to adapt to it. Hey, this is a little bit of an aside, Phoenix. Before we get back to JMU, but you mentioned you know the transition at North Dakota State and Coach Ends taking over, and now he's leaving. Right? He's taking a job mm-hmm. with with Southern Cal. Um, I'm sure you stayed in touch with with some of your buddies out there at North Dakota State. Did that that blindside them? Did it surprise you that he was moving on to take a an assistance position at a big time school at USC? Yeah, I mean, I knew at some point, obviously. Um, you know, these younger coaches, like, they want to, you know, they have dreams, too, just like us football players. We have dreams of playing at the highest level, coaching at the high, or playing at the highest level. And, obviously, these coaches have the same dreams as well. They want to coach at the highest level, as they should. Um, so, like, Coach Ed, like, that, blind, that blindsided me. Obviously, I'm not at the program anymore, so I don't know if maybe that was circulating or anything like that. Um, but that definitely caught me off guard. Um, but I think it's much deserving. Um, he's been a tremendous head coach. Uh, won a lot of games, impacted a lot of lives, and uh, now I can do that at the highest level, the FBS level, Power Five level, um, and I know he'll he'll do just that at USC, and um, he'll he'll be perfectly fine. The guys at North Dakota State, um, I'm still talking to. Um, it surprised them obviously, but they understand it. And um, something that NDSU does a lot is you know they continue to continue to have that success, just like JMU continue to have that success after a change like that. Um, so they'll be fine. How much um, of your move from North Dakota State, where obviously wildly successful, you were as well, championships, all of that, how much of your move was about your hopes and dreams to move from a great FCS program to now a fledgling FBS program that potentially can be your next step to what I would assume is your ultimate goal? How much of all this was about your hopes and dreams? Yeah, um, you know, Mostly all of it. Um, you know, you only got you only have one shot at this this thing called life, as you know. And um, I don't want to leave anything, uh, regret anything, or leave anything out there. You know, I never have plans to leave NDSU. Um, but these, you know, these transfer portal times are crazy. Like people are transferring more often than they've ever had. Obviously, COVID played a part in that. And you know, I wasn't supposed to have a six year, so it all kind of 
happened that it just, you know, it just came to me that it was something I needed to do for my career, my personal growth. Um, you know, I always, want, I always dreamt of playing at the highest level, the FBS level. Obviously, we're not a Power 5 school, but we still played a lot of good FBS football teams, and we did play a, a Power 5 school. Um, so I, I did everything that I wanted to do as a college player, and I can look back and say that I did, I did everything I could. Um, so for, if whatever happens, I don't get to the NFL or whatever professional league after college, I could say that I gave it my all in college, and I, I won't have any regrets. Um, why JMU and why six mm-hmm. years? I mean, that's that's a lot for a body to take, <laughs> Phoenix, whether you're a wide receiver, probably more so for a defensive or offensive lineman. But six years of college football, that's a lot for one body to take. That is. Um, I think about it all the time. But then I think about, you know, what else would I be doing? Um, this is this is exactly what I would, would want to do anyways. Um, whether it was in the professional level, I'd be playing football for another year if I wasn't at college anyway. So, um, I just think of it as you know everything happens for a reason. Um, I had some injuries in college that gave me an extra year or two years really. Um, so I, I really played in my six years. I played three full seasons and I played four games of the fall of 2022. So I've only played um, that amount of games. I think I'm 59, 59 and three total in games I played. 59 wins wow. and three losses. <laughs> um, a lot of football. A lot of knowledge. And I wouldn't take it back for anything, and I think it's just going to prepare me for um, this next level and this next step. Every NFL team is going to want you when you put that one loss record on your resume. You know they're going to say he's a yeah, winner. Yeah. We're we're gonna, we're we're going to take him. When you decided to come to JMU, what was the back and forth with your new teammates who you probably went up against in some of those games yeah. when JMU played played North Dakota State in the in the FCS postseason? Oh, it was funny. They they had a bunch of stories about how they prepared. Uh, for us at North Dakota State, and I had some stories about how we, how we prepared for them uh, playing against the JMU in 2019 and 2021. Um, man, we knew every time, at North Dakota State, every time we played JMU, it was going to be a game. We knew what those guys could do there, and I think that's what brought my attraction when I hit the transfer portal. One, I knew what type of offense they had. Like, they had an explosive offense. I think that's what uh, Antoine Wells, uh, the receiver for South Carolina, he transferred to South Carolina. He had two 1,000-yard seasons. Uh, I saw what he could do and the positions he was put in and obviously the, how explosive the offense was as a whole. And it kind of made my decision easy when I was in the portal. Uh, it was everything I was looking for in the offense. You know, um, you know they do run the ball a fair amount of times, but they also they do throw the ball a lot as well. And that's something I really wanted to, wanted to get to, um, just, to, just to have the ball potentially in my hands more um, and run more routes and just be more of a tempo offense, uh, more spread offense and, uh, that's exactly what Jane you had, and it's what I want to be a part of, and it's what I've been doing. Uh, nearly 50 catches this year, almost 400 yards, three touchdowns. So obviously you're an integral part of this offense. Phoenix Sproles catching up with him from James Madison. Just a couple more for you. We'll let you go. Kind of one one football, maybe one non-football related. Mm-hmm. Um, this whole bowl thing, Phoenix, how did you guys kind of compartmentalize that, handle it, get through it, the whole litigation of trying to get you, you know, legitimately eligible for a bowl as opposed to getting the bowl because there weren't enough teams that had, had six wins. How did how did you guys handle all of that? And it, it seems like it's worked out where you're, you're going to you know the Armed Forces Bowl. You're going to get a chance to get a 12th win on the season. It was crazy. Um, I knew coming in, Coach Signetti, uh, when I before he offered me, you know, he made that clear that there wasn't a hundred percent chance of getting a bowl game. But if he said if he said if you know if we win, like they can't they can't ignore us. Um, something good will happen of it if we continue to win games and show what we can do as a team. That's what we did. Uh, we continue to win games. 
uh, drew, drew attention from people. People were tweeting about it. It was all over Twitter. Um, other school or other uh, TV hosts were, you know, rooting for us, um, telling us, like, let JMU bowl. So it was just a crazy time. And then we saw a lot of support from, obviously, JMU Nation and, and, and fans around college football around, around the country. Um, but, no, it was crazy when we found out on social media uh, that what bowl we had. And we were all excited because, you know, that's, that's what we worked for. We knew we wanted a bowl game, and we got it. And we're going to give it everything we have for this last time. All right, last one, Phoenix. You've mentioned Twitter. You've mentioned social media. Um, so fill our audience in on your role and large social media following that I I know you have. What like one hundred seventy five thousand at least on TikTok and Instagram yeah, and yeah. and all of that and and how that's a part of your life and your future. Yeah, I mean it's something I always took enjoyment in um, making funny videos, dancing videos football videos, whatever it may be, um, posting, you know, whatever I'm wearing, like, you know, my jeans, my, my Jordans. Like, I, I just found a real big interest in that field. And obviously around the whole country now and the whole world, that's what people are doing. And it's something that I actually enjoy doing. Like, I don't do it um, for anyone else. I do it for me. It's something I like to do and something I want to do, actually, after football. Um, I want to be more in social media. I do want to be an influencer, um, have, you know, hopefully get on TV, on Netflix one day. That's something in the works um that i'm trying to do um and i just you know I, I, love, I love to be on camera i love to make people smile um try to impact their day in a positive way hey last one real quick minnesota native yep. five years at north dakota state uh how'd you enjoy harrisonburg how'd you enjoy your time on the east coast in virginia <laughs> i love the east coast i uh visited a friend in new york um so i wasn't too i was four and a half hour drive harrisonburg is a, a beautiful beautiful city um people are nice people support you here at JMU. Um, and it, man, the hills are beautiful. The scenes, the, the views that you'll see driving on the highways down to, when I drove to Dallas Airport, Washington, D.C., um, the views are crazy, the hills. It's just a beautiful scenic area, and um, I love my time here at Harrisonburg. Well, we've loved our time catching up with you this afternoon, Phoenix. Really appreciate the time. We're going to be following you in that bowl game. In fact, we're airing that bowl game right here on 1061 ESPN. So we're really looking forward to it. Thanks for the time today, and good luck not only in the bowl game but in your future in football. Thank you. I appreciate that. So a couple things. Phoenix Sproles, wide receiver, JMU, that I would take out of that. Um, the other thing we talked about was he would love a career in broadcasting. And I think you could hear by the way he answered questions and how articulate he was that he would have a future in that somewhere down the road as well. We talked about the transition, and obviously he's not going to play for Bob Chesney because he's done after this year. But there's a major transition going on there as they prepare for a bowl game. And he talked about all the coaches that had left, the ones, you know, Shanahan had left, his offensive coordinator and wide receiver coach who recruited him to go to JMU. I mean, that's that's pretty disruptive right there. And I happened to look on JMU's website on their coaches page, and there's really only four full-time coaches now listed. Um, you know, Damian Robleski, who's the, the acting head coach. Marcus Hall-Oliver is their safeties coach. Eddie Whitley coaches the Rovers. And Jared Howard, the cornerback. So there's no offensive coaches that were left. And like he said, like the grad assistants, the analysts, they've all stepped up. Coach Chesney is there and is part of it. But he's already said, you know, he's not going to be totally hands-on on this. So I think that's going to be an amazing national story. If they play as well as we think they're going to play and they can win that bowl game, with a depleted coaching staff like that and all the transition that has gone on, 
that's that's a remarkable story, uh, to be honest with you. And then I'm kicking myself because there was one topic we didn't get to. Those of you who have been longtime football fans and NFL fans should know that last name, Sproles, because Darren Sproles played like 15 years in the NFL, the majority of it in Philadelphia with my Eagles. And I mentioned it to Phoenix before we taped the interview, but I never got to it. We just kind of ran out of time. Uh, but he said, yeah, he's a role model for me. I want to do what he did. I want to be in the NFL someday. Darren Sproles, a little guy, was a great punt returner, a special teams player, uh, running back for, for Philadelphia in the NFL. And I uh, never did get to that conversation on the air. We did have it have it off the air so really cool guy uh keep an eye on him number zero for james madison by the way when they play that bowl game next saturday afternoon down there in fort worth texas uh so appreciate him uh joining us on the show today we do have bob chesney coming up at some point uh we are going to get him and uh you'll hear from the new head coach of the james madison dukes one more segment to go we'll do it after the break 1061 espn Let's get social. Follow us on X and Instagram at ESPN Richmond. And find us on Facebook by searching ESPN Richmond. Don't miss a thing from your home for sports in Richmond. 1061 ESPN. The one text that I wanted to get to, squeeze it in here in the last three minutes on the whole transfer ruling today in the NCAA from my good buddy Earl, who I haven't heard from or seen in a while, actually. Uh, Bob, you keep talking about the wild, wild west when it comes to the players, parentheses, workers. Well, first of all, I really don't ever want college players to be considered workers. Uh, I just think there's a time and a place for that. And I don't think college is the time or the place for them to be full-time employees or unionized or workers or any of that. Anyway, I don't hear your outrage when these coaches leave their college programs for more money and prestige. I'm so glad the playing field is leveling in college sports entertainment. And I agree with you. It is entertainment. And I, too, am glad it's leveling. I just think it's tipped in the other direction at this point um and i'm not trying to say oh woe is me for the schools or the fans and certainly not for the tv networks or you know the nca i'm not but i think there needs to be a medium i'm not even going to say a happy medium i don't know that we can ever reach a happy medium and i'm not saying players can't leave not at all i'm okay with the first time you transfer you can go play right away and you don't need anybody's approval or permission to do it you just plop put your name in the transfer portal and away you go how much more freedom is that than the way it used to be so i'm fine with with that kind of movement i'm fine with that window of opportunity when a coach picks up and leaves that you have a window where you can do likewise whether you've transferred once or twice you can leave and go play at another program if your coach leaves i get that But I don't think it's a bad thing to have some stability beyond that, that if you're going to do it a second time, let's slow you down a little bit. We need some stability in college athletics on these teams. The schools need to be able to have you there for more than a blink of an eye and one season. And fans, certainly, who are paying the money to go see you play, they certainly want you there for more than a year. And a lot of guys are on their third and fourth schools. And if you do the math, that means they're only there like a year or two uh, at the most. And, you know, it's bad enough with the one and dones that we've had to deal with. Now you're dealing with this. And now that guy that you were rooting for last year is coming back to play against you next year. So just a little bit of stability. I'm not saying take it totally away from them, but just a little bit of guardrails, guidelines that are out there so that it's not, yes, Bob's phrase, not really mine. Others have used it, the wild, wild west. 
Um, all right, great text. Uh, let, we'll keep the conversation going. Tomorrow in studio, Sean Robertson joins me uh, for the Feel Good Thursday edition of the Sports Huddle from 4 to 6. We will be in studio tomorrow, and then we'll wrap it up for the week on uh, Friday with a full show from 4 to 6. And just looking ahead a little bit, no show Monday because we will have a bowl game, the uh, famous Toastery Bowl down there in Charlotte, which involves Old Dominion, the first of our four state schools, uh, to kick it off during bowl season. They've got Western Kentucky on Monday at 2.30. So no afternoon shows for Matt or me. Uh, That game's got to be over by 6 o'clock. We will have a behind-the-web Richmond basketball coaches show, uh, last one before the holiday break, Monday from World of Beer, uh, Monday from six to seven. All right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We will talk to you tomorrow. Sean Roberts and I from in studio tomorrow afternoon, four to six with the next sports huddle. Thanks to our guests that joined us this afternoon, Dave Preston from WTOP Radio up there in D.C. And then you just heard my conversation with Phoenix Sproles, wide receiver for the James Madison Dukes. Lewis, thank you. Sweet Lou, thank you on the other side of the glass. And your thoughts and comments on Draymond Green as well. I'm sure we'll pick up on that topic tomorrow afternoon as well. Sean Roberts and I join you at 4 o'clock tomorrow with the next sports huddle right here on 1061 ESPN. gentlemen's club paper spiders athletics all year round w291cl lakeside richmond wurv hd2 richmond we are 1061 espn